Welcome back to the Flying Lion Podcast. This is our fourth episode here. I'm joined today with uh, Sam and Zach again. One day I think we'll get uh, we'll get somebody else in here. <laughs> we had some good games this past week. Um, one probably a lot better than the other, I would say personally. Um, but we had Pittsburgh in the U.S. Open Cup game, FC with a nice 3-1 win, and then a 1-1 draw away at Vancouver. So uh, we'll kick it off here. We'll get into it, discuss a little bit about these past two games. And then later on in the episode, uh, we'll chat a little bit more about some of the upcoming games, some of our uh, transfers that we are hoping to bring in. But we'll actually mainly touch on the one that was uh, announced this past week, actually. Um, so I'm looking forward to talking about that. Uh, but Sam, kick us off. What do you think of both the games this past week? Yeah, uh, you know, we'll kind of go in order. Um, I'm assuming we'll talk about the, the Open Cup game first because, boys, we're going to the semifinals. <laughs> this, is, this is going to be electric. I'm super excited uh, taking on Inter-Miami in the semifinals. Maybe a, a little more of a word on that later in the pod. Um, but great to see. I, I thought this was just like a great team win. This was so much better than the previous Open Cup match. Obviously, the, the previous one came down to penalties, right? And it was just sloppy. Defense looked terrible. Like, I, I thought this game, they really stepped up. You know, you have everyone kind of involved. Like I said, great team win. I mean, it's nice to see Vasquez get on the scoring sheet again. Nice to see Arias get on the scoring sheet, too. Um, obviously, Barriel's been doing his thing. So, you know, what a... What a goal, by the way. Like, and I think I tweeted it out or I said something like, in my opinion, greatest goal of FC Cincinnati history right there. Just right, like skill wise, that was oh, yeah. insane. Upper yeah. 90, like off the, the left part of the, the left boot. Oh my gosh, just what a banger. It was just anyone who's ever kicked a soccer ball knows how difficult so that hard. is. Off of ball, off of of first touch off of volley. From a corner, freaking believable. It was insane, but I mean, first half was a little sloppy, right? Um, picking up three yellows in the first half, not not really what you want to see. Um, but they definitely, you know, stepped it up in the second half. And I mean, I mean, like I said, great win. Glad we're in the semifinals, but I, I think it was like letting up that last goal was like really like that's fine. Like everybody was kind of just done with the game at that point, so it was just yeah. a gimme. So. But yeah, those are kind of my takes on the, the Open Cup game. Yeah, so with uh, the Open Cup game, I did not see it live, unfortunately. So I, I'm not a fan of that. I, I, <laughs> I Seeing things get spoiled is just so hard. Like getting texts from the were... both of you boys <laughs> just saying all these texts from Ariel. <laughs> yeah, you did. I was like, I once I saw those texts, I was like, I gotta, go, I just gotta go look at this. Like, um, but no, that. It was an amazing game. Uh, I watched the replay, but um, just given what the circumstances were already um, with us winning and moving on, um, it was still an enjoyable game to watch just because, like you said, Sam, I think they played as a team that game, and it was awesome seeing everybody kind of interchanging quite often. Um, a lot of, like, young young blood in there. So seeing seeing some of those younger players and – getting minutes. I think that's valuable, especially coming up within the neck, within the season, um, just finishing through the middle of the season. I think it's pretty important. Uh, but especially when you can do that in a cup game like that, yeah. right? Yeah. Win three, one like that. Uh, right. th that's a big, big deal. Um, it's nice seeing, uh, Vasquez get on the scoreboard, um, mm -hmm. giving him a little bit more confidence as, uh, you guys probably saw the, um, episode notes. I probably uh, will have some more things to speak about <laughs> later, but um, sneak peek. The uh, overall, I thought thought the Pittsburgh game was well played. Yeah, I I would echo both of you. Um, first half, I I was actually at the game live, and first half I was just bored out of my mind. Um, I think everyone in the stadium was kind of like, "All right, guys, like." are we here? Are we showing up or what's going on? But um, I want to say it's the first open cup game I've been to actually since the New York Red Bulls semifinal game in 2017. I had to go back and think about that because a lot of the 
last couple of years in open cup games, I haven't been able to make it. So to actually go to the game and be a part of like a cup run like that. And um, the atmosphere was pretty good. Actually, I felt like um, even though the club had, you know, sectioned off the area, at least on TV, it made it look good, but it was just weird to see half the stadium just empty and almost in some ways, you know, we were chatting. Um, I went with uh, my friend, Kevin, so shout out Kevin. Um, we were just chatting about, you know, how they could have filled in the bottom rows or the bottom section a little bit more, create a better atmosphere behind some of the goals. But um, overall, just awesome win. Um, second half, we turned it on a little bit more. Um, I think there needs to be a shout about how uh, Nick Haglin goes back out of the game, actually. He starts, plays uh, the full half. We don't see him get into an injury or a tackle, per se, but um, felt some tightness behind his knee is what was reported. So, um, you know, hoping that he can actually get back in there and get healthy. We need him with especially a couple of the announcements that are coming up um, based on international people, based on other injuries. Um, so we'll see how that plays out, but definitely excited uh, about a 3-1 win. I felt like Arias's header could have probably gone through the net. I don't know if you guys saw the replay of that off the corner, but absolute bullet. That was probably the uh, fastest header I've ever seen as well. <laughs> so pretty cool to see that. Um, looking forward to another home match coming up for the semifinal. I know that was announced the next day. Pretty pumped about that one. No season ticket holders are going to get kind of first access to those tickets. Probably going to try to get my hands on a couple of those um, to see if we can get a good good crowd going there in our section. But um, definitely excited about the game to come. More about just being in a semifinal, maybe not as much about who we're playing, with the exception, obviously, of who we're going to talk about. But um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm really afraid that's actually the day I leave for Italy. So I am not going to be able to make that game. Man, I, I was like, Emily, for Italy. Yeah, I was like, I might just skip that just to see that. But I got other games. Yeah. Don't worry. No yeah. worries. Plenty of other games. And we, we have a final that we have to look forward to, hopefully, too. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's, it's for certain. I mean, by, by then, the Italy trip will probably cost as much as the tickets. So <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. That's true. Probably pay off your freaking trip with those, to be honest with you. Shout out to all those people out there buying tickets for games that Messi's not even going to be at. <laughs> <laughs> anyway um so uh besides the pittsburgh game do you guys want to touch any more on that part of things or the open cup in general i think one final point i wanted to mention was the allocation for the final game actually came out as well oh, um okay. so fc you know obviously is playing a home match um it looked like i think real salt lake is playing houston um houston i believe did not even put their bid in to host the final and Real Salt Lake is the top person or a top team, I should say, that would host the final. So if we win, if uh, Houston wins, we host the final. If we win, Real Salt Lake wins, they host. If Inter-Miami wins, uh, they would trump us. Um, and then depending on the result of the Houston's uh, Real Salt Lake game. So kind of interesting how that was drawn out there. Um, I, I would much prefer a home final match, but really going to be a big Houston fan on August 22nd or 23rd. Forget which day it is, but yeah, um, any other thoughts about that? No, I'm I'm just super stoked, like you said. I mean, getting to host the the semifinal. Um, I mean, like like I said earlier, we'll probably touch on that a little bit more on the the messy news, but yeah, yeah I'm I'm super stoked on where the team's going. I think an interesting point about the semifinal, everyone's calling for the game to be played at Paycor. And I'm thinking like, yeah, okay, I saw that. I thought bigger crowd, but we built a soccer specific stadium for this reason. Yeah. Shout and out. Pat honest, Frank, by the way. Yeah. If we go and we play at Paycor, that's a turf field. I don't think Messi even goes and plays in that. So, no. um, you know, I think there's something to be said about that. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. So definitely excited uh, about that game. Um, <laughs> we'll talk, I think, a little bit more about that part of things later, actually, in my card of the week. But uh, let's switch over to our uh, Saturday game. Uh, it was a late one, boys. Did you did you stay up for the game, or did anyone pass out on that? No, I uh, I was highlights. I was 
was at a grad <laughs> party, so I was definitely watching the highlights the next day. Okay. Zach, what about you? MLS after dark, you got to be there. That's right. It's a weird it's, time. Weird time to watch. But where the funny stuff happens. It actually really is. It's true. And the analysts me, get delirious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and usually they're, on, they're, they're some of the best games of the weekend, too, just with. That's true. With always probably playing West Coast teams, West, I feel like the Western Conference is just, just bananas. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> it always seems to be that way. But there's some crazy goals that were scored in both conferences. I right. mean, we had flicks over the goalkeeper, goals from over midfield. I mean, just some crazy stuff going on in the MLS. So um, exciting to watch, though. I mean, definitely is fun to actually. Follow the MLS more now that our team is, you know, in first place. It's like, okay, I'm actually more interested in some of what the other teams are doing now and a little bit more invested to seeing like, oh, Nashville tied. All right. I like that. <laughs> and, and, and Ryan, another point to enjoying watching at night, you actually get to watch. I, I enjoyed watching the MLS 360 personally. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's there. I think for they're still figuring things out, but. I think it's such a great idea just being able to like stay up to up to date on like the other teams and like seeing yeah. how the other teams are doing. Cause half the time you're like, I'm only going to watch my team, but right. if they're all on right in front of you, I might as well watch them all. Apple TV makes it definitely easier to pay attention to it. I think before you, okay. FS one's playing, you know, this game at four o'clock or, you know, maybe you get to see one other one, but, I'm actually following a little bit more of the games. 360 shows some highlights. Um, I feel like they could do a little bit better of a job of spreading the wealth on some of the highlights during that 360. Um, yeah. But that's a separate conversation, I think, for that one. <laughs> it's a continuous conversation. Yeah. Sure. So um, the Saturday night game, you know, away at Vancouver, I was actually in St. Louis this weekend. I watched um, on my phone. Um, uh, my dad and I actually got to watch most of the game, and we were – at a, uh, a family event and we were making faces as the game was going on. And I think everyone could sense our frustration. And I think that could be kind of shared around the fan base. Um, again, another first half where it seems like we have a lot of opportunities. Um, we don't dominate possession. They have a fair share of chances where I felt like Brian White or Ben White, I forget his first name. I don't know, maybe you guys could help me on, is it Ben White or Brian? I think it's Brian. Brian, it's Brian, Brian White. Yeah. Brian, yeah. Ben White's Arsenal. I was going to say. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. That's a good shout. Uh, he tried chipping Salentano a couple different times, so that worried me a little bit there, Cheeky. But, yeah. Yeah. He's just Same not like Costa, of, uh, What's that? I said he's not like a Costa, though. Yeah, he did not perfect it like uh, Acosta did. That's for sure. Any thoughts on the first half uh, of the Vancouver game? I, I mean, overall, I, I thought this game was super even. Like, I mean, both sides had a lot of great chances to go ahead. I mean, Vancouver jumped out early. They had that long um, strike for goal that was just off on the right-hand side. Um, yeah. But, but I mean, it was kind of back and forth, I think, um, with, with good chances, like I said. And then, you know, another incredible goal by Acosta saves the day for FC Cincinnati. Like, <laughs> I mean, when are when are we gonna get sick of this? I mean, I'm never gonna get sick of seeing Acosta just no. save the day. I mean, obviously it's not ideal, but no. I mean, what a ball from Matt Miazga, first of all. Like, let's give him his flowers. Like, that was a beautiful long ball and Before great awareness. The part of what happened. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I just, I also on, on top of the the game in general, I just, it was a, a weird atmosphere to the game though. I mean, really cool stadium as far as the the roof and stuff. But whenever you go to Vancouver, it's just being indoors like that. There's not a lot of energy. It's just that you can almost like it looks like. Now I'm not obviously we weren't there in Vancouver, but it feels like you could just hear the air conditioners. Like that's that's the type of place that like it looks like. You know, Damn, that's so, a good comparison. <laughs> that's true. But yeah, so I I thought all in all, I mean, it was pretty even, and I mean. You hate to get, you know, a a draw, especially when Vasquez gives up the the penalty. Um, you just feel like you should have gotten that that win. But um, I'll, I'll take a draw against, you know, another West Coast team to to kind of 
get out our our west coast schedule if you will to finish that off yeah i think you're right that was our last um west coast game of the year i believe at least uh like obviously vancouver is the furthest game that you can go to but um like we had talked about in the last podcast they were a solid team at home so um really and a a high scoring team too so to keep them only to one goal really off a pk like that um pretty solid playing on a different surface you know fc had i think only drawn um on turf in their last like 12 games they haven't won on turf in i think 12 bad record yeah yeah, so um, definitely, um, I guess, a little bit frustrated by the result, but at the same time, like, happy to get a point, happy to go on this break a little bit. But, Zach, what did you see during uh, part of the game? Yeah, there was quite quite a few things, call-outs that I'd like to make, and it kind of ties into my card of the week as well, but I will get to that. Um, okay. But you can mostly, just have it now if you want. Uh, I'm just going to go through the each minute, like the 12th minute, and the 13th minute, um, the 12th minute when Vasquez took those three players on was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. and almost scored between, uh, I can't remember his, this goalie's name and I'm going to butcher his name, but really? it's like Tawaka Ta- 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 or something. Waka, yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that was pretty awesome. If he had scored that, it would, it'd be, uh, reminiscent of that. Um, who's, uh, is it Maddox when he took on Orlando yeah. that his, their whole defense, God, I think we were still at Nippert then. Um, yeah. Man, that that was an amazing goal. But yeah, uh, moving on, we've got that uh, cross from Powell that Vasquez absolutely whiffed on and should have had and went over to Barreal and he had a pretty decent shot, all things considered. But the commentator um, said, what a pass by Vasquez. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did catch that. That was a very good point. But yeah, I, it's like you're just saving the man from a brutal play on the ball there. But exactly, yeah. uh, that that was a very frustrating moment. Um, and then the Baji chance was really close as well. Like later in the half, uh, when the um, I think it was Barial shot and it kind of deflected, and he was right in front of goal. If that oh, Vancouver yeah. guy if he like just chipped it up in the air slightly or just shot it in the air a little bit, I think he would have had, had an easy goal there. Um, that was frustrating. And then um, the other Vasquez chance where um, he had the header header miss, like right in front of the six, six right. uh, yard box. Like, I mean, it was a missile of a pass. I mean, Barreal doesn't Barreal, yeah. put any uh, slowness on those, but I feel like you got to put that on target at least like, yeah. But all in all, I mean, we had that beautiful Costa goal in final minutes of the match um, taken away by Miazga's PK, but still was all in all. It was a fun game to watch being end to end most most of the game. So I was entertained. Yeah, you I think had tweeted that out at one point, too. Like, how do you not love the after dark games like this and with the entertainment factor of it? Right, exactly. I think my one tweet kind of goes off of your point of I was like Vasquez you got to do better with your chances man like he's putting himself in good positions and I saw that in the Pittsburgh game first half he gets him in a good position left-footed shot right at the keeper you know second half gets a ball maybe onside maybe offside whatever you guys want to call it uh no VAR in the open cup so we'll take a nice left (laughs) go on that one slot it away um, right. But uh, I, I felt like in Vancouver, you know, it's, again, different playing surface. You're playing out west. I'm going to give him some of the benefit of the doubt. He's at least in the positions, but, um, you know, taking it to the next level. Let's see if uh, the U.S. national team call-up does anything for his confidence um, and maybe, you know, playing with some other strikers that are going to push him. You know, how does that help him in some ways, too? Or even with a new transfer coming in, you know, I, I feel like we'll touch on that here in a little bit. but. I think that's definitely going to add and hopefully, you know, improve his finishing. So Zach, to tie into uh, Acosta here, I I got our our trivia question of the week. Are you guys ready for it? Right on. All right. So our trivia question of the week, uh, Luciano Acosta has been playing in the MLS since 2016. He played with DC United back then. Um, Since then, he's had 49 goals and 67 assists and all MLS competitions um, against which team did he get his first MLS assist? So he came in 
what was it 2020 or 2021 um he came in to the league in 2016 came back no, yeah to yeah i know yeah. yeah 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 um uh, trying to think well obviously for us but dc united um it's just the team that I see in front of me who FC plays next, but I'm going to go with Toronto FC. All right. Sam has Toronto locked in. Zach, who did Lucho get his uh, first assist in the MLS again? You know, it's it's funny you ask that question. I don't even know what new teams have been added since then. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say a team that's probably been added after the fact, but um, I was going to say... Um, I was going to say the Columbus crew. Columbus crew. All right. Anything so against the Columbus soon. crew is a win. <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. <laughs> stay tuned. Later in the episode, we'll give you our um, trivia answer here. Um, rolling along, I think uh, I wanted to real quickly kind of shout out um, FC as a, our roster in general. Um, we've actually used the least amount of players in all competitions of any team in the league, we've used 20 different players. Um, so shout out, you know, first half of the season to the boys, we're halfway there. Um, but for having 20 guys play, I mean, lowest amount compared to everyone else, pretty dang amazing what they've done over this stretch. So um, props hey, to Pat for rotations and props to the boys for showing out every game. Ryan, do you have the next lowest? I don't know if you had that stat, but I want to say it was Columbus. I could be wrong on that. Um, okay. I think they were up there. Maybe Dallas was the next best team, but I can look that up um, for you. Oh, no worries. I was just curious. Interesting, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you feel 11 guys and you have five subs. Um, so, you know, really outside of that, we've only used, you know, how many other guys besides that? Um, we talk about how we have good depth and our depth is meaningful depth guys that can come in, you know, like Kubo starts the game for us. Um, I feel like plays a decent game in Lucho's absence, makes some things happen. Um, towards the end of the game, I felt like he had a possession where, uh, Lucho wins the ball from one of the defenders. We go right at the guy with Kubo, you know, having the option to play a cost out wide and instead shoots. Um, so there's some places where I like Kubo shooting and there's other areas where it's like, ah, if we have a clear look at goal, man, you got to pass it. So, um, yep. I feel like, uh, you know, some of our depth has been quality. So what, Sam, what do you think about that point? Yeah. I mean, to, to your guys' point, I mean, that's, that's incredible, um, that we've been able to have a very solid rotation of guys, um, in and out and, not not that many you know people having to come off uh, i think we've been really lucky with the minimal injuries that we've had i mean usually yeah. during sure. an mls season you're going from grass to turf back to grass and turf again yeah. right so just that mix of the different turfs as well as you know we've been in colorado we've been in vancouver those are high altitude places right um that can also affect your you know your system as well um but I mean, to to that point as well, our guys are tired. This is this yeah. is definitely a break that is much needed. So right. the fact that we're going into this international break, I I don't find it at all. Um, and I I think we're gonna come back with some much needed energy. Hopefully, now knock on wood, <laughs> nobody comes back with any injuries or anything, um, and shot. that we can just get some rest and then come back. Um, into the regular season and and continue what we've been going into and then you know we'll take that into the all-star break ice baths all day baby <laughs> I yeah was i say, say um, go ahead zach i was gonna say it's thankful for the um international break but then it's like it's gonna come real fast i mean it's like a week and a half right I, yeah if i remember it's like the wednesday after next week so um it's it's really not a big break, but it's hopefully it's enough to get them um, back in shape. But I'm just I'm so worried about our back line, just heavy legs, and then you got Haglin out. So it's like our next depth piece is Zach Pononu. and 
how many minutes does he he doesn't have any minutes in MLS so he might he might need to pick up some slack here coming into uh the second half of the season but hey I'm all for one one loss in half a season I mean pretty amazing many MLS teams can't say they've done that so I think we're we're making waves for sure yeah definitely uh more excited to be in our position uh, than some other teams at this point, no matter, you know, moving forward, all the future things we know about, at least with people being out and stuff, hey, we got a little bit of a buffer. Yeah. Um, so that's always nice. So um, I guess we can kind of roll into our, our jersey swaps. Um, I think this would be a good point. We're kind of shouting out some of the guys. I'm going to start with mine. Uh, my jersey swap of the week was uh, Mr. Barial. Uh, what an amazing goal, like we talked about earlier, probably the best goal I've seen live out of the air, takes it, unbelievable finish, has some unbelievable service um, into uh, into the box, you know, really allowing the guys to attack the ball in some ways. I feel like he is one of our more valuable um, players for the attack, you know, as a traditional wing back, um, you know, you're, you're getting service, but he actually kind of finds his way into the middle sometimes too and can be dangerous. There's not really an MLS team that has a good response for him when you know teams are trying to mark two strikers and lucho running around i mean alvaro's got his time and space to kind of run at people to play through balls and he's just been so dangerous so um mr barrial i'd like to swap jerseys with you this week there you um, go sam who is your uh, jersey swap of the week yeah my my jersey swap of the week would probably have to be uh santiago arias um i think as a, as a week He's had a, a great week. He's finally uh, getting into his form that we thought he would. Um, yeah. You know, like I said earlier, love to see him get on the scoring sheet um, as well as uh, assisting. Um, and then, you know, that header, right, that he did score, like you said, that yeah. was just a, a fiery header, like came out of nowhere, came flying in like – that's the kind of energy that I feel like he's feeding off of. And we didn't really see that when he first came into the squad, right? He was kind of slow, sluggish to to get going. But now I think he's feeding off of the energy that we have. He sees that FC Cincinnati is a good team. I mean, maybe it's not Atletico Madrid, but like, you know, we're, we're making waves, like Zach said, here in the MLS this season. Um, and, you know, it, it looks like he's the free agent find that we were all hoping for. So, I'm very happy to see all of our wingers kind of being connected, being on the same page. Um, nice to see, you know, the rotation of the older guys on the right-hand side with the younger guy on the <laughs> left-hand side, right? Um, but yeah, my, uh, my jersey swap is going to be Santiago, Santiago Arias. Awesome. Sam, do you think that um, – quick, I guess, question for you about Arias. Yeah. Um, do you feel like Arias, I know he's got a ton of experience right back. Um, do you think he can slot into a, a center back position if we need him to? I mean, probably. Um, I mean, he could probably do just as good as Alice Powell did. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, well, I, I think Arias has, you know, a lot of versatility to him, right? And having the experience he does, um, he, he can not only be utilized on the outside, but probably on the inside as well. If we need that depth, right, that Zach was talking about, um, you know, a lot of our guys are going to be coming back from international break and our younger guys don't really have the caps that they need. Uh, yeah. So some of those wingers may need to play different positions to, to kind of glue together this back line that we may end up seeing here in the future, but um, for sure. Yeah, good shout. Yeah. Definitely like that. Zach, good uh, shout. Jersey swap of the week. I, I would say good shout minus the Alvis Powell bash because he is my <laughs> he's my jersey swap of the week. I, I think he's uh, done fantastic uh, given the minutes that he's put in. Um, it's he's he's had great clearances. Um, I always love his like every game he does some sort of like karate kick, like scissor kick or something like it. He's just fun to watch. Like you don't know what you're going to get out of him. It's like, like from what I've noticed, he's like, he just looks so reckless on the ball when he's dribbling. Like you said, Ryan, I think in a previously, like he can only dribble straight. If he moves like to the side, he's, he's done. But, but other than that, I mean, he, he's kind of like a, a deer in a way for some reason. Like he reminds me of a deer, like 
like throttled. He's yeah, he's reckless, but like I've also noticed he doesn't have any yellow cards this season, which is like really? absolutely surprising. Yeah. At least wow. in the MLS. I don't I don't I don't think he played much in the open cup, but dang, I didn't realize I, that. Yeah, I mean I thought that was a fa- fascinating stat given how like just interesting his play style is. But I mean he yeah. had he had that all, almost assist in the um almost assist, Vancouver. Yeah. Vancouver game where yeah. Vasquez whiffed, but I mean, yeah, I think he's been fantastic for the minutes he's played. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point. Um, we even talked about it last time. We had seen him kind of fill in at center back. We've seen him out wide um, coming up. He's going to be playing. I would imagine a little bit more center back with Miazga um, being called up to the U S men's national yeah. team. Um, so at least quickly today, that was our big announcement. We had Miazga. Uh, and um, actually uh, Vasquez, you know, called up for the Gold Cup. Um, so it sounds like they're going to be missing some games. Some guys are going to have to step up. Um, our buffer is definitely going to be nice to have a little bit. But they've surprised us every step of the way this year so far. So I'm really excited to see how we respond. It doesn't sound like our new signing um, sorry to ruin that surprise for everyone. If you didn't know about this, I don't know where you've been or why you're listening to this <laughs> you haven't heard. Um, but Aaron Bupenza is being transferred in, uh, reported here in the past week for $7 million. Um, he's a left-footed striker. Apparently everyone is really fixated <laughs> on the fact that he's left-footed. Um, but, uh, he drops well, I, in a little bit like, uh, Brenner does. So, Same yeah, there's I guess the the whole reason I feel like everybody is kind of fascinated by the whole left foot, right, is because you have Vasquez, who's right-footed, right, who usually plays on that right-hand side. So it it kind of that left foot, right foot, you know, perfectly complements kind of our attacking up top, you know, if you will, right? Um, So I feel like that would be kind of the the hype around it. But, yeah, I, I think this is a phenomenal signing. Obviously, one of those guys that, in the past two, three years, you've seen his his transfer market value rise exponentially. I was yeah. looking the other day. I think he went from like 450k all the way up to seven million off of like one transfer to the the Saudi league. Um, wow. But yeah, so he, I I think we're getting a, a steal out of him. To be honest with you, um, I mean we're according to you know all the numbers and everything we're getting him for 1 million less than you know his evaluation which is at 8 million right but i'm sure that'll probably equal to 8 some point you know in bonuses and, and different things like that um but you know having 16 goal comps in 20 matches i think is very very good very solid somebody that not only scores goals but contributes up top as well which is always good to see um and then he ex- provides another guy with experience from Europe, right? We see in Wobodo, another guy who also had experience. Kubo's got experience in Europe, among other guys. Um, I-, I think this is just a great addition. Um, and talking more numbers, this leaves us technically with $3 million left plus add-ons and whatever percentage that you want to talk about from the Brenner deal, right? So we still have leftover cash from that deal, um, whatever we want to do with it. Yeah, that's a good shout. Definitely leaves some room for maybe a defender in the future with, uh, you know, they announced Mascara is staying the rest of the year. I'm very excited about that. Honestly, that was probably the biggest news of that day when they even announced the other transfer. I'm like, oh, Mascara is staying. I mean, that's huge for us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think they possibly look at that money for that. Um, I wanted to touch on Bupenza is kind of interesting. Played in Turkey and 2020 2021 season he's the golden boot or leading scorer of that league uh it's impressive at whatever level you're playing at that you lead the league in goal scoring so um as a team that's maybe struggled in some ways to score you have a proven goal scorer that comes in somebody that's played at the same level as uh obi you know has probably played against obi has some familiarity in that sense um so very excited about him coming in, integrating with the team, it sounds like, before he starts. Doesn't look like he'll be available until around the July 8th match, uh, which should be at Charlotte. Um, but uh, hoping to see that he contributes well. So, Zach, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I I applaud the MLS and FC Cincinnati because they're getting somebody in their prime. Like, 
Yeah. Not a lot of people or not a lot of teams in MLS get a 26 year old. That's you said proven scorer, golden boot from a European, well, European Turkey, European. I, yeah, I guess you can consider that. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Uh, like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's he's fantastic. Not for the, yeah. He's got right. experience. Yeah. Exactly. It's not 21 or 31. It's in the prime. Right. Like, exactly. And, and he's a, I guess he could be left or right winger. So we've got pretty much depth all through the front. And I mean, who knows? He could be a good false nine or uh, play that central attacking mid kind of position if we need to. So I think um, great signing. Um, Never heard of him, but (laughs) we'll see how he plays, you know? Yeah, not our our job to know who who he is. Just (laughs) bring him in. We'll do our own research and, and see how he fits. There's some stats to it. When we get a player, like, I don't know about you guys. I go and I search Bupenza's FIFA ranking (laughs) rating. Yeah. Yeah. If anything is indicative of their FIFA rating, like half the time they're about right on it. Sometimes like the younger guys in the MLS, they're not as right about it. I mean, Boreal's pretty low on their rating scale, but Bupenza's is 76 and that puts him right there with the Costa. So it's like, that's pretty good. That's pretty good rating, yeah. So I'll, I'll take that. You know, the FIFA rankings definitely mean a lot more than you know the YouTube videos we watch. You know, of real life and like you know, all that. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess throwing it over to our cards of the week on I guess more of a negative note here. Um, Sam, what did you have as your card of the week here? What, what went on in the MLS or maybe outside the MLS that was kind of, uh, either a yellow or red for you? Yeah. Uh, my card of the week, I'm just going to go with a soft yellow. Um, the rise in ticket prices everywhere in the MLS, um, just based off of one piece of news that may or may not be finalized. Um, you know, it's, it's not just the inner Miami home games that I'm talking about that rise exponentially, but every single away game that inner Miami is a part of the ticket prices jump from the average was like $94. It jumped 119% to $207. That was wow. the average ticket price. Like that's, that's insane. Um, and I, I hope at home. Well, and, and I hope, I hope that's just the, the resale, like, averages or, or something like that because that would be a real shame if actual mls clubs were you know raising it you know not uh, maybe like five ten dollars here you could absolutely sure. see but like exponentially like fifty dollars extra uh because inter miami's coming to town you know if Messi is a part of that team um I, I just see that as as my yellow card of the week i just thought that was a, a little it, it just threw me the wrong way i, I don't want mls to be going down that path Sam, Messi's coming to your hometown, and he's playing. How much are you throwing to watch him play? Uh, uh, I'd say <laughs> tops three hundred. Three hundred dollars. What's your minimum to get Spicy. him? Free. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean? That's my minimum. I'll, I'll go. The I'll minimum go that you would spend again. to go to see him. Uh, minimum I'd, I'd spend is probably like a hundred, 150 dollars. Right. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a soft middle ground. I think yeah. the be- one of the best players of all time. I mean, at some point, you know, be incredible to actually see him play live. Yeah. One of the best for sure. I will say I've already seen him live, but it was all the way at the par- top of uh, Camp New, so I didn't see him. Oh, <laughs> it's like a little tiny speck. <laughs> right. But man, was he moving fast? <laughs> <laughs> yep, like a little ant. Um, no, yeah, I, I think I think uh, I, I don't think I'd pay more than a hundred, honestly. Right. Truth be told, yeah. I just one person, like 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 Sam was saying. He's yeah. he's increasing the ticket prices for how many millions of fans, and or thousands. I don't know if it's in the millions yet, but <laughs> hopefully, um, hopefully. you know what I mean. I just I think it's I think it's a little bit having to put all that burden on the consumer is a bit far fetched. Yeah. I feel like the businesses should um, 
either discuss that within themselves and eat that or yeah you know but what if you're a ronaldo fan i mean you're not going to pay that kind of money the true <laughs> very true zach you kind of touched on it earlier i think there was a little bit of foreshadowing but what was your card of the week here the the front finishing has just been let's say subpar. So I, I, I wish I could, I didn't get a uh, spreadsheet so I could share it on the screen, but I should have, <laughs> would have been a great idea, but um, I've got just some stats. Spray I just over I, chart, spray over the goal. <laughs> right. So I, I, I compared Vasquez, Baji, Santos and Brenner. And obviously Vasquez has had the most minutes played that like almost 1500 minutes. Um, only, during open play, only three goals in open play. Oh, wow. um, Santos has played 447 minutes and four goals in open play. So wow. he's obviously overperforming. I mean, he's got 1.6 shots on goal per 90. Um, Vasquez only has one shot on goal per 90. But then when you compare it goals per minute or every so many minutes, it's Vasquez is at 472 minutes per goal. Santos is 111. And wow, big difference. Um, expected goals for Santos. Um, actually, I didn't. I didn't write that one down. But Vasquez and Baji. Vasquez wow. is six goals. He should have six goals, but he's only sitting at three. And Baji has one goal, but he's his expected goals is one point two three. So he's kind of like maintaining right his, yeah. And obviously, Brenner's below par too. He's not played in a while but um in, in short i mean the numbers are saying like vasquez he's played every match but he's not performing at all so yeah let me let me add to your stats i actually so i saw obviously in the notes you know what you were going to talk about and i was like yes great piece of talking point. i love it <laughs> so i wanted to add to your stats and they actually turned out to be the stats that you didn't get so let me help you out oh let's hear it i'm excited yeah, so obviously Vasquez needs to work on some stuff. That's the main guy that we're kind of targeting here, and that new transfer hopefully is going to ignite some more stuff in him so that way we get the Vasquez of 2022. Speaking of the Vasquez of 2022, 48.8% of his shots were on target. That's almost 50% of his shots being on target. This season it's 34.1. That's that's. 14% lower than last season. Um, granted, you know, we're only halfway through the season or, or close to halfway. Um, but then on top of that, you, you think about where he's gotten his goals this season. The average shot distance of his goal of his shots this season are 15 yards out. Last year, they were 13. So his, his goals were closer last season. He was a little, I mean, kind of being more of like how Brenner was more of a poacher but he was also using his head a lot more, right? So, yeah, yeah those open play goals are, are down, obviously, this season. He hasn't had that many – those chances like that, right, from crosses, but it's came off of, like, a free kick or off of a corner. Um, I, I just – he needs to pick it up in some form or facet, and maybe being called up to the Gold Cup gives, a you know, another boost of, like, hey, let's let's get going. Yeah. I That was interesting. I – I didn't realize that it was either, you know, further out, less accurate. Um, I thought he was getting in good positions, but maybe the shots that he's even getting off in those good positions aren't, you know, quality looks or they're blocked and they're not counted or who knows. But um, that's that's fascinating. I think that uh, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant being a forward myself. Uh, I watch a lot of their forward play, you know, because I, I used to play in that position, but Playing in a two-striker system, I was always taught that your two strikers um, should be together. You guys have heard me say this when we're at the games. You know, if you play with two, generally you want a bigger body, a hold-up player, and you want a smaller body, somebody that you can play off of, the big person. Either that's running on or dropping, you know, back to get the ball and turning and then allowing the other guy to go through. I feel like recently, and, and maybe in the crew game it was an exception, but I feel like Baji and Vasquez are very similar in their builds, very similar in their play. They're both physical. They try to hold the ball up. They try to get in good positions, but overall, like, I don't feel like they've been working as well together. You know, when the ball is outside on the outside back, you know, we need both our guys coming across. And a lot of times Vasquez is so tired that 
either he's not making the run and stretching the defense or he's called in to make a run back to possess the ball, which is something that he's not, you know, really as good at. Um, so I'm really interested to see how Bupenza comes in, either getting on the ball and allowing Vasquez to have more space behind or setting him up for a longer distance shot. I think a lot of Bupenza's, I watched his highlight reel, he has a lot of shots outside of the box with that killer left foot that we're hearing about. So um, really putting him in good positions off of Vasquez is what I'm looking forward to. I hope that Dom Kinnear, he's our striker whisperer, our assistant coach, does a good job at normally telling them to work better together. And I think right now it's been kind of a hodgepodge and they've been just trying to make it work. We're relying a lot more on Lucho, which has opened up his goal percentage this year in that sense. But really, you're right, Sam, like your strikers are your guys that should be scoring. They should be getting in positions closer to goal. I mean, telling you that he's 15 yards out from where his shot is just tells you that they're not getting dangerous chances in the box and around, you know, the 18. Um, so I'm really looking forward to see how we can combine uh, this new player as a part of it or either after this break, figure out, hey, we need to attack in a little bit different of a way. I know we've been winning all these games, but let's get dangerous. Let's let's get better chances in these good positions. So sorry, that was my rant. I'll get off my soapbox now. But Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. So um, my card of the week um, was actually the U.S. Open. Uh, the fact that we have to wait, you know, until April, or August, sorry, to um, actually get another game. I got so into the fact that we're in a cup run and then you give us two months of a break until we play again. Who knows what kind of form we're going to be in? Um, I think that's unfair. You see all the other comps in the world, like by the time they get to the final games, it's you either wait a week or you wait two weeks. Um, in Champions League, you know, it's drawn out a long time, but uh, in Open Cup, I mean, we're waiting until August to play again. I think that's just crazy. You might have more people that are brought in by these other teams by that point. We might have guys that are out and injured coming off of international breaks, off of League's Cup. I mean, I want to see it be done before League's Cup. In my opinion, that should be the way that they format that. Yeah, I I think it needs to go the way of like the FA Cup, honestly, like with within England. I, they do it all in one go, it seems like, if I yeah. remember correctly. Um it doesn't break up anybody's form. It doesn't change player. Like, I think there might be a window, but or a yeah. transfer window, but it's I, it's within the cup and it's not like a break, but like the window's not in between the, the gap. So you don't get a new player in the middle of the right. cup, basically. Um, Too many variables. It, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's, um, it's not a, I mean, MLS does things wacky as we all know um adding all these different leagues and whatnot but um yeah i i agree with you ryan i think it's um it could be handled better we have another wait after that one when we go and win the final four game we don't play until september yeah i i just the the sitting and waiting is definitely gonna kill us um as fans that have been waiting so long to taste that that winning spirit and that winning victory and you know, if we were to get to the championship, um, I, I think we would just, we, oh my gosh, I don't know how many FIFA simulations I'd probably see within that timeline, to be honest with you. And <laughs> I would I would have to just have my excitement last on that alone until we, yeah. you know, we get that uh, semifinal or final game. Um, but yeah, I, I just, till August, like you were saying, Ryan, there's so many pieces that could be moved around. I mean, during this transfer window, it ending in September for, you know, the top five leagues, right? And for the MLS, our, ours is, you know, December, November through, you know, February, March, right? So it's not as, uh, you know, cohesive uh, with the other leagues. So you have to kind of ebb and flow with the other leagues. So if they take somebody that's on our roster, you know, we have to live with it in the middle of not only the regular season, but the League's Cup, and you right. have the Open Cup as well, right? So those are the things that that we have to deal with um and it sucks but um I, i'm just once again you're gonna have to remind yourself we're in the semi-final we're <laughs> like yeah. i'm just happy to be here right now let's enjoy the moment and yeah. you know I, I can't wait till that comes yeah i i think that's a good point um you definitely have to be excited like i said the 
you know, um, episode name is halfway there. We really are in a lot of ways. Um, there's so many competitions this year for those not, you know, aware. you have the MLS supporter shield, the top team and the league for most points, you know, we're up at the top in the Eastern conference. We're the top team. You know, if we go, we play in a playoff, we're fighting for the MLS cup. Uh, we're in the final four of the U S open cup, another, you know, inner season tournament. And then you have leagues cup, which is another tournament in July. How do you prioritize? How do you find what is the easiest route to a Champions League spot? Because I, whatever they want to call it now, CONCACAF League, whatever. Yeah. Um, they came out with a new name again. But um, I know that Pat really wanted us to get into that position to play these other teams, you know, within uh, the Americas. So, you know, if you're in the Final Four, you have two more games potentially till you get that spot. Or do you have a Leagues Cup where you win, I don't know, four or five games in a row? and your roster stays the same then, do we go on the same kind of run that we have been now and win that and get a spot? I mean, shoot, let's win them all. But uh, <laughs> it's just interesting how it's all laid out this year, and I don't really know if they thought as much into that part of things. Yeah, yeah and I, I think this year's also – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong, but I feel like this season has been the like longest – like span of months of playing yeah. soccer within the MLS. Like, do, is it like starting, is it February to October? February. Yeah. I mean, only like three or four months of like the off season. Like that's wild. I, I seeing that kind of explains why um, you kind of have to just take each game at a time and just, you, you know, you got to focus. Um, yeah. The next game ahead. You can't think like, I guarantee Pat Noon is not thinking about that game in August. He's now focused <laughs> back to MLS for a while. Yeah. But I mean, him and him and Roman have the same mindset. It's the next game, no matter what <laughs> cup it is, no matter if it's regular season, next game ahead. Those two are on the same wavelength. Yeah, I wanted to touch briefly on um, the Messi transfer. You know, with him coming in, I think it's it's good for the league overall. In some ways, I'm a little nervous about where the rules of the league go, what kind of leeway teams get, uh, including Inter-Miami now. What friends does Messi bring in and how does that look logistically? Inter-Miami was on a ban from some of the people that they could bring in and all of a sudden Messi comes in and poof, everything goes away and then they can magically bring in all these people. So for a team that's leading the league historically you know having the best season of any team ever in the mls in this era that's really not fair to me that like it's being overshadowed in some ways like i know like messi's an unbelievable player it's going to elevate the league but we're going to get overshadowed a little bit but like everyone's been saying like you guys have been saying one game at a time one comp at a time you know we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there but Miami's at the bottom right now we're at the very top so uh, we don't need to be talking about some of the people down south in the in the peasant levels of the MLS standings right now. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, Ryan. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was gonna say, I think we're always gonna be overshadowed. We're gonna always be the underdog. Sure. We've talked about this, I think, multiple times. Yep. I, I I think there's always better things to talk about than Cincinnati. Which I mean, that could be a red card on its own, but. Sure. Uh, Sam, what were you going to say? Sorry. No. Yeah. I, I mean, adding, adding to what Messi brings. I mean, like I had talked about earlier, like it's, it's still in the works. Like, you yeah. know, he, he had said he wants to come to Miami, but the, the deal isn't finalized. Right. So that's the thing. A lot of people like, I mean, it's pretty much done. <laughs> no, yeah, it, no, I'm not. I'm not saying like he's coming to Miami. It's just what are the finute details, right? So sure, that's what sure. we were talking about, Ryan. Like, how is this going to affect the rules? How is it going to affect like the salary? How is it going to affect every other MLS team now that he comes? Because Messi reportedly is going to get 35% stake in the club, right? As well as like I, I believe he gets rights to like kind of a similar deal to what David Beckham has. Obviously, probably exponentially more. But he has rights to possibly get his own MLS club, right? Um, I, I think when when you when you look back at at Messi coming to the MLS, you know, ten years down the road, he probably still he's probably not playing the MLS anymore. <laughs> um, 
when you, when you look, you know, 10 years down the road, like, are you going to look back at what, you know, similar to, I mean, we're always going to compare it to what David Beckham did, but David Beckham kind of, he actually reinvigorated what the MLS was and he actually brought, you know, a spirit to yeah. it. Now, Messi's joining an MLS spirit that is alive and there's so much fire and people are actually paying attention from the other top five leagues in Europe and going, Oh my gosh, like what, look at what they're doing in the right. MLS. Like the MLS is number six, like we're the sixth right. best league. Right. And I think that him joining, like, does it add to it and we keep going up or is it just, you know, yeah. Messi slots in and takes kind of what, I mean, not FC Cincinnati's, you know, uh, spotlight right now, but, you know, other stars that, you know, may be out there that, are, for instance, uh, like Tiago Almada out of Atlanta, like the kids having an amazing season, right? Yeah. Is is that season going to be overshadowed? Like, Acosta, amazing season, uh, you know, other players having amazing seasons, but, oh, here's Messi, like, and it's, it, it kind of just sucks. The question of the best Argentine in the MLS is the <laughs> hottest child out there right now. I mean, it is. It is for incredible. sure. It's incredible. I had to go up and look. My my original trivia question was to see how high up in the standings the all time greats that Lucho was compared to the other Argentines. Can you guys bonus trivia question? Can you guys name the highest score uh, in the MLS that is Argentine uh, or from Argentina originally? Oh, jeez. Uh, like Timbers. Nope. <laughs> nope. I'm trying to. Is he on the national team? Uh, I think he might have played for maybe one or two appearances, but um, oh, ultimately I wasn't a great player. No. So, Diego Valeri. Oh. Yeah. Diego Valeri, now a part of the uh, MLS and Apple TV broadcasts, is the highest scorer um, in the MLS uh, from an Argentine background. So oh. Lucho's working his way up. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least this year and the seasons that they've had, some good good Argentines out there. So I mean, on the note of the uh, trivia question and answer for everyone here. So, uh, again, stating the question, uh, Luciano Costa has been playing the MLS since 2016, dating back to his days at DC United. He's got 49 goals and 67 assists in all MLS competitions. Against which team did he get his first MLS assist? And I believe Zach had locked in Columbus. Yes, I had the crew. Sam had locked in Toronto. Yes. It's actually the Vancouver Whitecaps. Wow. What a tricky answer. What a tricky answer. I wanted to guess Canada. Lucas had some good run of form against against Vancouver. Wrong Um, Canadian team. (laughs) Wrong Canadian team. Really interesting situation with his first two assists in the MLS in that game. Came in 13 minutes of play. Immediately. He came in at the end of the game and had two assists, and they won four to nothing. Pretty incredible. Yeah, we get, we got a good one. So I'm uh, definitely excited about that. I'm excited about um, our transfer, like we talked about, coming in. Um, right now he's playing for the Gabon international team. I mm-hmm. think, did I butcher that name of the country there? Or? Oh, yeah, you're good. You're good. Close yeah. enough. So they're playing um, some teams over in France right now, and uh, him and Aubameyang. So a pretty cool uh, current Chelsea player, former Barcelona Arsenal player, are striker partners, as well as uh, Buanga of LAFC. So he's had some really good attacking players um, playing with him internationally. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, Buanga saying, hey, MLS is pretty good, man. Looking pretty good. I'm scoring a lot of goals. You should come over and start scoring some, too. So. I, I think that maybe had something to do with that. And I, I think that would be pretty cool to see, um, you know, some of the uh, other African players come in and make some good contributions. Like uh, we've seen Wobodo, you know, being Nigerian. I hope he gets a call up to their team. That would be pretty cool to see too. So yeah, absolutely. Any final thoughts for you guys. Uh, only final thoughts are, you know, obviously FC Cincinnati doesn't play next until Toronto. Right. Um, so we'll be taking a break from, FC Cincinnati, but we won't be taking a break from this podcast. So you guys will get more more podcast content from us, whether that be clips or the episodes themselves. Uh, we're not going anywhere uh, until Toronto. I like it.
from Zach. It's uh, let's keep on keeping on. <laughs> yeah, as Sam mentioned, um, there's not another game until uh, the 21st, but next week we'll be here. We'll be putting, putting out some content. Next week we're going to cover probably um, some of the future transfers that we see coming in. Um, like to touch on maybe our roster and how it looks like going into the second half of the season. Um, and uh, we'll go from there. So uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.